my friend was broke. She didn't know what to do or where to turn. I'm Nora Ellen. The reason I began this podcast called Women Starting Over is to help women like my friend who find themselves in financial hardship, like divorce, or lost their job or went bankrupt, or maybe, sadly, their husband passed away. You will love these real-life stories of my guests of how they went from being broke to hope to financial success. If she can do it, so can you. Here we go. Welcome back, my listening friend to our Women Starting Over podcast. I hope you have been enjoying the episodes. Each one has a woman with a different story. There's a lot of diverse backgrounds and giving you some golden nuggets that you can use on your starting over journey. Or maybe you're not starting over and you just enjoy these stories of success of women who are had to start over financially and are now successful. Most of them are single. Some are married. And it's just been great. I've been so blessed with each interview all along the way. Today, my guest is a friend that I ran into at Sprouts Grocery Store a little over a week ago. She's one of those friends, you see them and you're just, oh, so delighted. <laughs> you wish you could see them more often than you do. You're able to pick up where you left off. <laughs> and I didn't think of interviewing her at the time. Then later, I was talking to another friend about having guests on the show. And sometimes it is a challenge for me to find women that have started over financially that are willing to do an interview that think their story is is worthy to release. And she brought up my fa- friend, Pamela Sheeran. Welcome, Pamela. Hi, hi, Nora. Thanks for having me. Now, Pamela is a very successful business entrepreneur. And she lives here in Arizona. She's raised her family in the Southwest. And she went on to further develop and enhance her family business, which is the, in the construction sector, where she operates as CFO of JPS Properties. Does that stand for Jeff and Pamela Sheeran? JPS? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Her husband. And she is a licensed professional, also a realtor, and has established and supported working in new construction. She has some great things to share about how she is invested in new construction. And their company is also Construction Restoration. I used their company for a client (laughs) one time where the house was vacant. And unfortunately, it flooded. My sellers lived out of town. And they came along and saved the day. (laughs) In her free time, this is what I love about her. She meets women often to enhance and encourage them to pursue their lifelong dreams. And Mm -hmm. she's presently working on a book about her life and breaking off childhood trauma and becoming all that women were born to become. Yes. Pamela is going to start with sharing her family history and as always like people to do to see if our listener it can relate or not, but just to know what has been programmed in your life, formed your life, yeah. and take it, Pamela. Thank you. Thank you, Nora. I, um, you know, I was raised here in the Valley of the Sun in Arizona, and I love the valley. Um, I grew up uh, 
downtown Phoenix on Van Buren Street, down there by the Papago Mountains and uh, the zoo area. And, uh, you know, we had a we had a hard upbringing. My uh, mom and dad were older and elderly, very sick. And so, um, unfortunately, um, very early in life, we ended up, the whole family, six kids and mom and dad, we ended up uh, living on the streets of Phoenix. Wow. Yeah, so, um, you know, there were times we uh, slept in our station wagon, and many times we slept in the parks, and often we would sleep in churches in the pews if they would take us in. But I knew that experience to be uh, many, many years of uh, not having a a home. We did live in a a single car garage for a season, and that became a home for a family of uh, all of us kids and uh, no really uh, good living conditions in that single car garage, but we did have a running toilet. So um, we grew up very uh very challenged in our environment uh but that was that was my upbringing in arizona that was my upbringing uh here and in, in living on the streets up until uh high school where wow. we moved into a junior junior high high school we moved into a trailer that was my first real home wow and what where are you in the age of the six kids i'm the second to the youngest okay yeah mm-hmm okay so then here you are in high school finally moving into your first home wow yeah single single trailer we uh i thought i had uh hit the big time you know actually had a bedroom (laughs) and a a bathroom and you know some privacy that a young girl would need with that and um so um but yes, that was our first experience living um, in a trailer. Shortly after moving in the trailer, uh, our home, my parents um, became ill and uh, they they did pass on um, young in my young life. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I was set on a course of um, going foster care mm-hmm. or marry my boyfriend. So I married a boyfriend at mm-hmm. 15 and seven months old sure. <laughs> so I didn't have to go in foster care yeah. um, and all the siblings kind of just went their own way but that's what I did and that's how that started a course into my life that um, would turn out not to be so well for the first years of my young life adult life for sure so you were orphaned basically at 15 yes wow Pamela yeah. I did not know that about you that's yeah that's an incredible story now, yeah. were, did your parents talk much about finances or money or what? You what know, no, they didn't. They didn't talk about money. It was really interesting. And, you know, I have to say, it wasn't until I was in my mid-20s that someone said to me, how sad is that that you are homeless? I literally, I it never registered with me that we were homeless. Now, I know that sounds silly, but, you know, I did have the shame of walking down, you know, Van Buren Street with our dirty laundry and in a public street, you know, and and walking the walk of shame, being very dirty and not having appropriate uh, bathroom and hygiene facilities to be clean, the shame of sleeping anywhere we could sleep, you know, whether a park or whatever. But I had all that. Um, I was fully aware of that. 
But my parents just had this magical uh, way of uh, reminding us that although we were living in those conditions, we were really special. Oh, wow. So they, they, they just, there was a thing they did, and I'll just give you an example, that they said to me often and to all of us that made me think we were so special to be living in the park. <laughs> and um, they would say things like, do you, do you know how lucky we are to be able to just lay here and watch the stars fall every night mm. and to watch the clouds move. And um, <laughs> I remember thinking as a kid, yeah, Aww. it's like a slumber party. <laughs> and, you know, these other kids have to live under these normal roofs. You know, wow. they don't get to see this stuff. So my mom and dad had a magical way of pouring in us how blessed we were, even though we really were hungry. I went to bed hungry many nights. Wow, Pamela, perspective mm-hmm. can be everything and attitude. Yes. yes. That's truly amazing. Yes. It reminds me of the movie, and I'm trying to think the name of it, where the guy was in a concentration camp. Yes, Nora, wonderful, wonderful movie. What was that movie? <laughs> I can't, I, you know what? I don't know what it's called, but I will tell you, I watched it. And it's so triggered in me. That's exactly right. Oh, that, it's like something about a beautiful life. Or... Yes. It's about a man and his son and how um, he really didn't realize he was a, a prisoner because of the perception, the illusion his father created of something beautiful and magical in that in that place, even though it was not. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. it's. I think the title is A Beautiful Life, something like that. Yeah, it could have been. Mm-hmm. So you married your boyfriend, as often we women do, we'll turn to mm-hmm. a man to escape some fears we have of life. Mm-hmm. What happened from there? Well, it was, um, you know, it wasn't a good relationship. It was obviously when you marry that young, you don't have... You don't have the knowledge, the wisdom, the impartation to make a very good decision about a decision for marriage and a lifetime partner. So he was an abusive husband, and it was a very tragic relationship for me. And I lived that way for many years, thinking that um, I had nowhere to go. I had no parents to go to, no family to go run back to. So I lived in that abusive relationship um, for quite a while and uh, and then eventually um, was able to get out of that in my young adult life after having a, a daughter um, realizing she needed more mm-hmm. I couldn't protect myself but I was able to protect my daughter so um, got out of that and then soon found another man that I thought would work well for me and realized that was another mistake, you know. uh, And I went on to realize this problem of of the men, I had to have some Mm self-reflection. I really needed to look within what was causing me to not make good choices uh, with these men in my life. So I really went on a, a search and did some internal exploration of how I had got to that place and that point and um, did a lot of reading and um, you know my faith uh, was a good foundation for that turnaround as well 
And I just began to um, work on renewing the the wrong thinking and the mistakes I had made and uh, made a decision that I was going to change the course of my life. And, And that was the beginning of the end of painful past and the beginning of a grateful future. And I was in my mid-20s then. Wow, that's that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I like that. Self-reflection. <sighs> and one reason yes. I am doing this podcast is there are women in domestic violence situations yes. where they don't know what to do. They don't have anywhere to turn. They don't have a way of income. And mm-hmm. the lack of income especially keeps them stuck in the relationship. Absolutely. And that is a, a sad scenario. So if you're listening and you're in an abusive marriage, there is help and there is hope. There are yes. domestic violent sh- shelters yes. and places you can go to get help and to reach out so you can take care of yourself and not live under being beaten and thinking that's normal because it's it's not normal and there are different kinds of abuse there's physical abuse Mm -hmm. there's verbal abuse the verbal we call those invisible wounds sometimes they can be worse than the physical wounds and i've experienced some of that myself could be so hurtful and damaging to our self-worth there's there's so much shame that goes with it so that's right reach out for help like pamela did it's never too late to do that right it's true it is never never too late and i think more than ever our culture is better Mm -hmm. at recognizing the the pain and the wrongdoing of domestic violence and police departments now have special units to deal with domestic violence and there's more and more nonprofits to help yeah because that's not the way god meant us to live Yeah, I went in a shelter for about six months, and that was a great foundation of of learning how I got to that place. You don't just fall into that scenario, and and um, you know, re reshaping my future and my children's future. Um, at, At this point, things were looking really bright. I was open and able. I was beginning to heal from the scars and the wounds of not only an abusive husband, but a childhood that wasn't always so perfect. Yeah, that's wonderful. And tell us more. Well, I went on and, um, you know, I found uh, that uh, a wonderful husband, um, this would be my third marriage, which for many years, I had a lot of shame about that, you know, saying, hey, I had three marriages, you know, under my belt. But when you start really as a child, that that happens. But um, I have been married almost 30 years now nice. to Jeff, the love of my life. And um, we share in um, a beautiful family. Um, he has uh, walked being a father out with my two daughters um, and uh we took in a son, and uh, we're proud of all of our children. But we uh, we work together in our business. It's uh, my husband's family's business, and um, he works valley wide in the construction and 
restoration of uh, commercial and residential properties. And I run that company and uh, we have expanded and grown to be a rather large company. And we have been able to make a big difference in helping people, serving people in all areas of restoration. And I run that company. Um, and I also work alongside of my real estate and uh, we do flips. Um, we take homes and flip those. And so we have a pretty big uh, portfolio of things that we do within real estate and construction, um, both in the uh, private sector and in the uh, larger sector uh, around Arizona. That's wonderful. You jumped way ahead really quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to tell us how you got into flipping homes? And let's talk about that. Sure, sure. Well, you know, I'm a realtor, so um, that's funny how that happened. That was a mistake, I thought. Mm -hmm. Um, A friend said, I'm going to take this class. I, I said, fine, I'll go with you. And she bailed on the class, and I ended up being in the class, stuck in the class, <laughs> went ahead and got my license, and uh, that was almost 21 years ago, and became a top producer from that place. So I know that God had opened the door for this this world of real estate and this world of construction and homes. I have fallen in love with the business of real estate and property and caring for people and um, so we started working together Jeff being the expert in construction and me being the expert in um, you know real estate resale and uh, property values and um, all of those components turned into this uh, portfolio of uh, doing many many things in construction and we um, we're, we're excited to do it. We don't know where it's going to go in the future, whether it's going to go to the next generation or, or what. But we are truly loving working together, growing together in this business, serving together. And um, I think in this, when you grow up homeless, there is something in you, probably for all of us, where we want a home. You know, we just want a house, a home that we can just come to the at the end of the day and and call it ours and decorate it and create special memories. Not having that growing up, I cherish what real estate is and homes and, and what families mean in those homes. And um, it has special meaning for me. So um, watching and expanding the business and, and helping and serving people has helped me to really just heal as well from um, what I lacked and missed as a young as a young girl. Yeah, that is absolutely wonderful. And our upbringing definitely impresses us as adults, makes us, mm-hmm. it can, hopefully, mm-hmm. the way we process our, our history and our life, make us grateful yes. for what we can do now because we know pain of what people live through or we can relate to that and you're right it's it's still the american dream i have it is. buyers which i'm guessing you do too who can't mm-hmm. qualify for a home yet mm-hmm. and and that can be really difficult i have uh, friends that are renting and now the landlord's selling so they have to move even though they mm-hmm. sadly yes. don't want to and uh how 
Do you have some advice for someone that might be listening who is married where they maybe want to go into business together or they're thinking about doing business together, but they think, no, we're husband and wife. It might not work out. Do you have any thoughts to share on that? I'd love to share on that. I had a conversation once with my husband. I really, you know, I, I like to expand and grow and just watch, you know, how big and, and how, uh, how this thing can expand in other states and I realized that that was not my husband's vision he didn't dream to do that he he didn't want to expand like that and I remember at a crossroad we had a a, a heart-to-heart conversation and he said you know Pam I I don't want to I don't want to be that big I just want to serve here and I realized at that crossroad I had to make a decision was it the love of business and the love of growth and money and watching the expansion or was it the love of my the love of my life or the love of my marriage um what mattered most and of course hands down it was my marriage and my husband and all that we had been through and all that we had done and accomplished you know it was because we had honored each other uh, him being who he is, uh, a more quiet, mild man, and me being kind of out there and a go-getter. But I chose to honor um, his need to not go and work that um, that much and get that big. I chose to stay um, married first. And it was the best decision I ever made because mm. if we have to honor the people in our lives first and then everything else will fall into place and um, that has been so in our marriage I've learned to honor him he's learned to honor me and our strengths and our weaknesses and it's only really strengthened us as a couple in in all our endeavors and all our endeavors so honoring the other person's identity and respecting who they are in their personhood and and then breathing life into it by Whatever it is, you're gonna you're on board with it. That is a great story and testimony. I absolutely love it because mm-hmm. life is about people. It's about yes, it people. Is. Even our careers, it all comes down to people, right? Whether you're That's right. selling a product, you need people to buy it. You have a service, you need people to buy your service. And if you're selling information, those are the three ways to make money. You'd still need people to consume what what you're providing. And no one that I've ever heard of on their deathbed ever said, oh, I wish I worked more. That's right. That's no right. Nora. Say that. They, they want to be surrounded with the people that they love. They have regrets. I wish I was closer to my children. I wish I spent more time with my, my wife, my husband, my family. And it's, it's about people and loving yeah. is a challenge but we have the blessing of communication <laughs> yeah. talk things out and i mm-hmm. appreciate your priorities when we make people our priorities life is a lot more fulfilling and satisfying because even with a good career if, you, if there's no recognition from anybody yes. the people recognizing oh you did a good job right. uh, it's it's not very fulfilling or enjoyable it's really rewarding to watch somebody you love, you know, and you have a successful son um, who's in politics. Uh, I have successful family members. And probably the greatest joy for me is watching them 
succeed and watching them bloom and grow. And, you know, one of the things, um, when I look at everything we've talked about, one of the greatest joys has been that, um, for me personally, is that I was able to, by the grace of God, (laughs) stop a culture that was not well, not healthy, and to walk and to change a culture and to change a heritage, our family heritage, into something beautiful, something wonderful that we can watch our family, our husband, our children um, bloom and grow into something beautiful, no matter where they've been, no matter what they've done, it's never too late to change your atmosphere, your destiny. You can just go forward and never look back to the things that did define you to who you're going to become going forward. And so I love the fact that no matter what we've all been through, you looking at your son and his success and me and my children and my husband looking at the success of the company, I'm so grateful that we stopped a legacy that could have been destructive in the Mm -hmm. past and turned it around. And um, that's the hope we all have is raising up and encouraging others because there's something greater for each and every one of us tomorrow. That was beautifully said. Yeah. Just like you are beautiful on the inside. Oh, thank you, Nora. (laughs) (laughs) You're just such a sweet friend. (laughs) Oh, well, thank God for our friendship. Yes. As women, we need friends. We need girlfriends and we yes. understand each other a lot. We are, since we are very much alike, being being female, and yes. we love our. I I'm going to add this disclaimer because it is this is called women starting over. But I I love men also. I had a great dad and brother. My son's yes. amazing. My son-in-law and yes, uh, we just have different. We're different. None is men aren't better than women. Women aren't better than men. That's we're, right. we're different, and to enjoy those differences and it's it's wonderful the perspective that your parents put into your heart it reminds me of something i was reading the other day that sometimes poor children or just take children that even live in other countries are happier sometimes than american children because they expect life to be hard and you're so right our expectations of what life is supposed to be like can really impact our emotional well-being and yes i often have to stop and think okay what expectation am i having right now that uh-huh. is helping or or hindering me yes in in what i want to do or thinking or or that kind of thing and here we are with the whole covid situation yeah. no one would have known this was going to happen and processing through this has been really difficult for some people. I love what yes. Max Lucado said was storms will happen, but fear is optional. Love that. So good. So good. What else would you like to share with our listener of something you've learned about being a business owner and entrepreneur that maybe surprised you in your life? Well, being in the construction arena, I, as a woman, I wasn't really invited to that party. And um, I uh, 
I was really kind of taken aback by that, you know, that, um, you know, again, my parents had taught me that um, there was no boundaries or walls or issues or struggles. So, <laughs> wow. so wow. I, I didn't understand why the men didn't welcome me in to this, you know, the men's club of construction. So what I learned is that um, through, really through empowerment of knowledge and skill and education, um, if you, if you, whatever your circumstances are, if you just create an environment where you can compete in a world because you have skill set, knowledge, and wisdom, soon they come to understand that you are functioning at a level uh, playing field with them, and there is a mutual respect that grows and camaraderie that comes from that. And all of us, no matter what our obstacles are, instead of you know, fighting it and being hostile and angry and those types of things, we can just very um, intentionally make decisions to see how we can, um, you know, get on that playing field with them through skill, knowledge, wisdom, education, and um, earn your way to that to that to that platform. And so the men eventually allowed me in their sphere and and I became um, respected and I became someone who they would work with. And uh, they got to a point where they stopped calling my husband and they would start calling me oh, wow. because they realized <laughs> the potential that the, some women had that men don't have in those typically in some traits, you know, like they were very organizational. And so, you know, it, it, it that was probably my biggest learning curve is, you know, that um, I had to broach the conversation in a way with knowledge and power, but but um, education as well. And they soon the walls came down. And so that that taught me a, a very viable lesson. That's great. That is and excellent advice, because earning our way is any situation, really. That's we, right. We need to earn the respect of those where we're trying to work in business and bring in our skill and our knowledge and sometimes it might take more convincing but don't give up why not i i agree with what you're saying don't be angry i had another guest avanti it was the same thing with what she's doing is more it's more male dominated mm -hmm. i think in our, our country in general that we are getting better with that Yes, we and are. There's a change in culture, and it's okay. Yes. Not neither is better than the other. Where in history of our country, pretty much women were home, and they they helped in the community, and it was the man that was working and and providing, and that's that's good too. <laughs> so. Well, we have so much to learn from each other. You know, we really uh, sharpen uh, iron sharpens iron. We learn from each other, and. Um, if we can allow an atmosphere where I have something valuable to share with you and you have something valuable to teach me, then we're way ahead of the game if we can understand that. And humility, I think, is important, right? We need to just realize we could learn so much. We might have a lot to share, but we can learn so much from others. I've learned so much from you, Nora. You have been my hero for many reasons, and um, I have watched you. 
and you have inspired me. So there, you know, we can learn from others if we just, you know, humble ourselves and see what do they have to bring into my life that I can receive from them and uh, be better for it. That is true. And we don't often hear about the characteristic of humility. No. And humility opens doors. When it really does. Approach someone humbly and not come in with bells ringing and hands waving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> people can receive us better. Yes. We we want people to be kind to us and and receptive. That's uh like Jesus said, the golden rule, do unto others yeah. as you would have them do unto you. And That's to, right. there's certain characteristics that need to be talked about more in this day and age, especially in America. One is humility, sacrifice, and meekness. Meekness is really strength under control. That's oh, I like that. the definition I've heard of meekness. Mm. And we want to be around people where we feel safe. So it's good to be a safe person and unoffendable. I'm going to be talking about being unoffendable in some future podcasts because Wonderful. what I'm noticing in America, we're we're tearing down some of our traditions because yes. people have been offended rather than, okay, that was history. That's what happened then. And by Christmas, for a while there was this offense about Christmas, a very beautiful holiday with giving to one another and uh, reaching out to the poor. And uh, it kind of made me sad, right? We we didn't right. we felt like we couldn't say Merry Christmas. We had to say Happy Holidays so we don't offend rather yes. than appreciate the diversity, differences. The world would be boring. I, I found happy holidays is just kind of like, well, it's kind of boring. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Versus Merry Christmas. It's jolly yeah. and happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I think. And, and my listener listening to this podcast, don't believe a thing I say. You just research <laughs> it for yourself. You don't have to believe everything I say. No one shares 100% of the same opinions, which again is a great way to to be diverse but that's right i've just been thinking about a lot of about humility and i was thinking okay these are prayers that you don't want to pray to the lord lord help me to be patient <laughs> help me to be humble <laughs> help me to be kind to mean people or you know those those kind of prayers are they can be a little scary to pray <laughs> or forgiving help me to be forgiving those are those are kind of scary prayers, but yet, but yet necessary in our lives. Yeah. Well, this has been wonderful. What oh. else would you like to share with our wonderful friend who's listening that maybe we didn't touch on? Well, you know, um, one of the things that I I hear, I don't like to really share too much about my childhood because I know that... Um, there's, there's a stigma right now about um, the homelessness and, uh, you know, how you care for them and um, them taking over certain areas and such. And, and there's a lot of views and opinions about that and what they're doing wrong and what they're doing right and, um, you know, what we need to change and not change. And, and something that is just, 
is something that just stays in me and I think about this often and that is that we never know uh, why or how somebody runs into a hardship in their life. We don't understand. We don't have the backstory. We don't even know why they're homeless or um, why they're choosing the life they choose. And this is where without judgment and criticism, we just have to understand that what do I need to learn from this? Why have I, why was I privy to knowing this or seeing this or experiencing even this, this podcast, you know, what is it stirring in me or in you uh, from hearing this? Do I need to do more? Do I maybe need to not be so critical of the people I see that are homeless or maybe I can make a difference to a child that I do see that is in need of shelter or food or clothing. We we bring in most of us with a bag of judgments and considerations. And I'm just suggesting um, today that maybe we just take a step back and realize that the landscape we see with our eyes and our, our ears may not always be the reality that it is. And um, just ask and seek out to know what do I, what can I learn from this? What nugget is there for me to grow from, to learn from, to be part of, maybe you're part of change in your um, neighborhood, or maybe you know a child in need that you can do something to uh, provide some food and clothing to that child, or maybe a, a, a child that's fatherless and you're um, you, you, they just need a mom around or a grandma. There's so many things that we can do. And so when I look at my childhood and I look at the homeless situation now that is so widespread on the news, just take a step back and ask, what can, what can I glean from this? What do I need to know? What can I learn? What can I do to be part of the solution and not part of the problem? That is precious. I really appreciate yeah. that. And you would know you lived it. Yeah, yeah. It, it um, you know, I have a funny little story, and and I don't say this with uh, pride, a little humiliation and embarrassment, but it just goes to the childhood thing. I was at lunch with a friend, and we were having a great meal, and. I got my floss out and started flossing. She was horrified. She said, Pamela, you don't floss at the table. And I went, I didn't know that. Because first off, I didn't have floss growing up. And I didn't have a bathroom growing up. We didn't have proper hygiene growing up. And yes, I might be in my 50s, but no one ever sat me down and told me this. And so, you know. Here, I am still, I am still, I, I'm glad to say I no longer floss to the table, <laughs> but I am still, I am still peeling away um, attributes, both sour and sweet, of um, a, a scarred childhood, a childhood that should have never happened. And I'm still peeling away the wrong images, the, the wrong thinking and uh, gleaming from how can I grow from this? How can I be better? What should I, what should I learn? And so, you know, 
remember, you know, there's nothing funny about homelessness, but it really has brought, I, in my book I'm writing, I, I, there's a lot of funny things that happened to me growing up. And I, I think we just sometimes have to, you know, we have to, we have to find the cherry pie and the cherries, you know, the cherries and the cherry pie and find the good in it. Cause there's so much good that we can focus on. There is so much good. And it's and fun to laugh, to laugh about. Yes. yes. It's healing to laugh. So, um, yes. It is absolutely healing to to laugh and healing, laughing and healing. And healing is like medicine. It's restorative to your soul. It is. It is so restorative. And um, I have held on to that most of my life. My father was a very funny man. And um, even though we were, you know, porn homeless and dirty he always he always made sure that no one knew we were homeless and he did his best to make us look our best and cleaned up and polished because he always wanted us to be the best Mm -hmm. in our environment and so wherever your friends are you know near or far i i just pray they leave uh this uh podcast thinking about you know what is my best? Where where am I supposed to go? And if she can have walked through that, surely I can find my way out of, um, you know, the broken marriage or the broken relationship or the broken finances or just even discouragement. There is something much greater awaiting them and to, to find it and uh, surround yourself with people that will laugh with you, believe with you and support you. Um, like Nora is to me, and um, and and run and run the race you've been called to run, because this is why we're here. You know, this is it. it it's not about how we started out. Mm-hmm. It's about what we're here today. You know, what we are to do today with what we have. So yeah, that is so true, and I think. One of the great things about this podcast, if our listener is a single mom and maybe low income, that here, if a child can grow up being homeless and have a positive attitude, kids could have a positive attitude. It comes from us, their parents, regardless of our our financial condition, even with starting over. You can help your children see the joy in life, the beautiful things in life, the simple things in life that can enhance our lives, draw us closer together, and open our eyes to the beauty around us. And it's not always on the television. That's right. (laughs) Turn it off. Oh, oh my gosh. This has been absolutely wonderful, Pamela. Oh, thank Thank you you for giving us the pleasure of hearing your story and getting to know you. Absolutely. I am so happy that we ran into <laughs> each other and yes. that Leslie mentioned about having you on the podcast. Yes, wonderful. So to our friend listening, find us on social media, Women Starting Over. Find me, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, I think Pinterest. Yes, Pinterest. And um, I'm trying to get to the point where I can have more and more women share on Facebook their story or just some encouraging thoughts and get it to be uh, 
collaborative and more like a conversation. I'm, I'm getting there, friends. So just <laughs> be patient with me. And if, if you have a story to share, you can go to womenstarting.com, my website there. And there's a box that says your story. Just send that over to me. I'm always looking for new women to interview. Also on the website, there's a free download there. And the podcast is on there if you want to listen again. Then also I'm writing out the episodes because reading is a different experience than listening. And these yeah. episodes are worth listening to over and Absolutely. over again. <laughs> so. They are. They are. <laughs> So thank you for listening. And Pamela, thank you for being on the show. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. Well, my friend, thank you for letting me be with you today. Please leave a review so that women that need help can find this podcast. I am Nora Ellen, your host. See you next time on Women Starting Over. <laughs>